show, but it's fine. Well, I thought you should let me have intro music. Okay, do it right now. Well, we've, we actually have already been recording. It's really? actually started. Oh, welcome back. We were just fighting about intro music. Were we? Is yes. this actually recorded? Yeah, uh, the oh, beginning. Wow. I, I did that on purpose. It's funny. Oh, okay. We were discussing whether or not we should have intro music, and my response was yes, and I got you shot down. Well, I could have had it ready. Your phone's right there. But you were like, hey, it's not okay, if you got it ready, go ahead. No. I literally told you, go. Go. No. No intro music. Welcome back to Coffee and Fries. I don't know what episode. I don't either. 30 don't 36. We're probably around 36. I think we're at 36. I think we're pretty close to that. So, welcome back to another wonderful week of no coffee and some Christ. I can't remember the last time I had coffee. That's coffee sad. And it's honestly sad. Well. It's a crime. True. But I don't drink coffee that much unless it's iced. Yeah, but it's the afternoon, so iced is perfectly acceptable. It's also perfectly acceptable in the morning. Yeah, but I just feel like if, you know, if you have a warm cup of joe, kind of warms you up, wakes you up a little more. But if you have ice, then you're just like... Like, you still do you drink out of your assistant to the regional manager cup? Did you, did you bring it in the new office? I haven't brought it yet, but I will. Yeah, you have to. I know because I am assistant to the regional manager. Yeah, you should. Or assistant regional. Assistant regional. <laughs> you should bring your coffee. Cup. I will. I, I just keep forgetting. I literally like get up in the mornings and have just, a, I leave myself just enough time to put my clothes on, get my lunch together, and leave. Yeah. I get up at 6 30 and leave at 6 45. No, six forty-three, ish. Well, you get a straight shot. True. Is it nicer the drive? Anything's nicer than Crossville, but even from Walnut, it wasn't too bad. Walnut wasn't bad. It was like a couple turns, but still nothing compared to Crossville. Even though Crossville was pretty much a straight shot, but yeah, eh. not that bad. Yeah, it's not too bad. Well, tell us about your week. We're very, we're very lame today. Lame? We just started arguing. We didn't argue. Conflicting. This week, Happy New Year. Haven't seen y'all since last year. <laughs> Sorry. Was really, nothing like extraordinary has happened. Just it's the new year and we've moved into our new office area. Not fully. We're pretty much there. We just have to tie in some few things and get some supplies, but then then we're gung-ho. Yeah. Going crazy on over there, so... That that's about it. That's about most exciting part. Really, that's it. Yeah, and nothing more. No. I'm trying to slowly, be quietly open the starburst. No, just do it. I love starburst. No. My favorite candy. I know. I know. But I'll I'll fill time since you're occupied right now. Okay. <laughs> but no, that's it. I mean, I, I went hunting. I didn't see anything. It's too warm. Yeah, that's not great. Being too warm. <laughs> it's too hot right now. It is too hot for January. It is. But, you know, I'm not going to, you know, take it for granted, though, since weeks prior it was negative. So. I'd rather it be negative. No. I would. I love cold weather. I do like cold weather. But I think negative might be a little much. That might have crossed the line. I want my face to hurt when I go outside. <laughs> I want my lips want, to feel it. I want to feel it. No, 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 no. I think that's too much. Well, I just miss cold weather. There's a time for warm weather, and I love to see it come. But I also love the winter. Yeah. That's so loud. That rapper is so loud. Your turn. Well, 
Happy New Year again. I mean, work's just been great. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you almost. I don't talk about you that. You had a attack. We. I'm gonna have some surgery. Yes. We'll let him know. That's no. as far. I mean, just just tonsils. Yeah, tonsillitis. I don't have a tonsillectomy. But but Dylan has a serious case of tonsillitis. I do have a pretty bad case. Yeah, to the point where he needed a shot. A what? A shot. Oh, I did have to. I do have to take medication to keep yeah. my throat open. And steroids. He's on the roids now. So I'm on anti-inflammatories. Yeah. So. So I have to have medication in order to keep serious. my airway open. Mm-hmm. So that's he can breathe. Bad, that's how bad my tonsils have gotten. Exactly. So. So d- needless to say, Dylan had a great start to the new year. I was at CRMC. Great start. In my room at Ball the hospital, dropped. and then everyone, like all the nurses, were outside. And they were like, "Happy New Year!" And it was honestly sad. <laughs> like like a scene from a movie. It was just like. Wow. Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year in the hospital. <laughs> so, but yeah, but I'm also, I want to eat everything. Which is good. Yeah, it's not steroid, good. Well, steroids I'm eating is a, Starburst. Steroid enhances your appetite. I'm so hungry. That's why, like, usually when bodybuilders do steroids, they also just, like, get big in general because they eat the house like they just oh, constantly eat everything keep, in here. they constantly just keep eating and snacking because they're just not they're not full I'm they're just, like I'm just gotta go kind of do I'm starving yeah. so I'm eating the Starburst well I don't even that's not gonna fill me up yeah but you need to take this time to fill in some like good food like just chow down on a lot of chicken and rice and I potatoes mean, I, and I think salad. I am gonna make some stuff on the Traeger tomorrow night. oh yeah I got a Traeger grill everybody yeah just chow down on it. Tomorrow, ugh, vision basketball practice tonight. Yike. <laughs> Happy. It's fine. It's just that it's 8 o'clock p.m. and I don't appreciate that time. Yeah. I don't get out. I don't get out past 7.30 if I don't have plans. <laughs> no. Well, you have plans. Emerging from my home at 7.45 at on a Thursday gym. night. Honestly, could almost put me in a bad mood. Yeah. Well... That's crazy. Yeah. Also, I mean, Jackson had a blowout today. Oh, that's true. We and ran over a, a fencing spike. I want to know what that's called. I Now that... It's Mike a fencing that, something, but yeah. I just can't think of what it's called. It's annoying me. It's a big nail, though. Like, kind of loop nail. Boy, we lost tire pressure. We lost 35 fast. pounds of pressure in, like, 30 seconds. Yeah. And I couldn't see in the mirror. I was driving, and I'm like, it's not flat. There's something wrong with the sensor. And then I realized I was driving on the rim. I'm like, oh, it's flat. Never mind. Yeah. So hopefully they can... I hate having mismatched tires. It's my biggest pet peeve. Yeah. So I hope they can patch it because I don't want to have a new tire back there. Yeah. Because my tires... Well, as they're new, they probably have 30,000 miles on them now. But yeah. they were new six months ago. So yeah, that was, a, that was a fun part of today. You definitely have run the road. So it might be time for a new one. Who knows? I hope not. Those are good tires. But that was our day today. Yeah. So. Yeah. It was fun, but separate for a while. Most of the day. Yeah. And the same thing tomorrow. But for now, we're in Matthew. Starting Matthew. chapter we gotta 22. We got to You perk up. Well, you're the one that's not perked either. You, you perk of us up. You perked up. No, you perk up. I am perked. No, you, no you're face. just eating. This is the face of perk. You perk up. I am perked. Okay, perk up for the Lord. Keep saying the word perk. Perk. I don't stop. Okay. Too much perk. Perk. I am perked. Perk. Like a Percocet. 
That's actually a dragon. Right. right. Too far. Is that a dragon? Yep. Okay. It's illegal. <laughs> Matthew chapter 22. They make a song like, you know, there's many Is it rappers. illegal though? I think you can be prescribed per, per that, Maybe. You? I don't I feel like that's a good, it's like serious. It's just, it's a hardcore drug. I don't know drugs. But if I had to imagine they're hardcore drugs. I know drugs. You do? I have a past. You know drugs. You do drugs. No. You do roids. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, tomorrow's the last day. Praise him. Praise the Lord. Praise him. Because I'm getting tired of eating. I'm getting tired of not sleeping. I'm over it. Over it. Yep. But there's Starburst are right. <laughs> you read first. Okay, Matthew chapter 22. Uh, and again, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. And he sent a servant to call those who were invited to the wedding feast, but they would not come. Again, he sent other, uh, he sent other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding feast. But they paid no attention and went off. One to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his servants, treated them shamefully, and killed and destroyed those mur- those murders and uh, burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready for those invited uh, were not worthy. Uh, go therefore to the main roads and invite to the wedding feast as many as you find. And those servants went out into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both good, good and bad, soon, so the wedding hall was filled with guests. I'm going to stop right there. Okay. Just through the first 10 verses. But we're starting, we're still reading about this conflict Jesus has been having with religious leaders. And he delivers another parable. And this one is about the wedding feast that kind of signifies of entering into heaven. And who will enter and who will not. And so the, the parable starts with the king with a son who's getting married. And the king makes preparations for this wedding celebration. And he invests all of these resources for this feast and butchering prized animals and just making all the necessary things happen. And then it's time to invite the guests. And the king chooses and uh, who he wants to invite. And he sends servants to call these guests in. But then the servants discover that the invited guests are indifferent and and don't even acknowledge the opportunity and also abuse and kill the servants at the same time. And, which is unusual because in Jesus' day, getting a wedding invitation was like this extravagant thing that most people even bragged about. So no one in the right mind would even deny a wedding feast invitation. Yet ironically, that's exactly what the Pharisees did. And in response to the invitation, the uh, invitation that Jesus and his apostles uh, delivered to Israel. And so God offered... Uh, to give Israel the kingdom in that day, but they, and as we've been reading throughout the whole gospel right here, that they denied it, just how he's comparing them to them denying a uh, wedding invitation. And so, going back to the more latter part of it, see, they didn't go into just in the city, because they already did that, and it backfired. We're talking about when he uh, sent his servants out again. They went to the roads that were outside of the city, people who usually were in the lowest groups of society, not even A-list or B-list. They were more like C and D-list, more like a ragtag group of people. And these people represent us, the Gentile church. Uh, we weren't originally invited to the feast. They intended the, the intended guests were the Jews, 
and we are those outside the city. But since the Jews rejected Jesus, the invitation now is extended to us. So now we are those who are destined to fill the halls of this wedding feast. And, I mean, we can even read all the way into Romans 9, uh, not Romans, Revelation 19, where he goes into more in-depth and points things out about how, and about how we're not proper, how we have to be properly prepared. And Jesus acknowledges that through the next couple of verses. I'm going to keep reading. Well, first of all, you went through 10, right? Yeah. (coughs) Excuse me. Well, looking at, we're learning about, you know, what Jackson has talked about is in, you know, going out and getting the, um, quote unquote, church of the Gentiles or, or whatever. But, you know, people, they really get a misconstrued idea of what heaven's all about. Mm-hmm. You know, that there's just, I'm not good enough to be in heaven or, you know, I'm too far gone to to have a relationship with Jesus and all these things. And that's, that's just not true. I mean, we see it right here that, you know, a wedding back in these times, it was a sacred thing. And sorry, I got to keep drinking water, (laughs) but it was like a sacred thing that not a lot of people got invited to. And so when you invite a group of people and they don't show up or they don't care or whatever, that's what they're trying to teach us here is, is, you know, as you go on, what Jackson was saying, well, go out and let's not just focus on the city. Let's look around the outskirts of the city, the ghetto, if you will. I mean, <laughs> let's look out to places where we don't normally see and let's see if these people will come. And then in verse, the end of 10, and those servants went into the roads and gathered all whom they found, both bad and good. Now, this opens up our, our eyes a little bit on what a relationship with Christ looks like. And a relationship with Christ is something that you don't necessarily... um, What am am I trying to say here? You don't have to be perfect to have a relationship with God. Yeah. You know, that's what so many people think. Well, in order for me to get into heaven, I have to be perfect. That's not the case. There's only one perfect person on this earth... And that was Jesus. And so he's saying, go out and find everybody. So that way the wedding hall is filled with guests. And so think about that in our lives, that there are so many people that, that choose not to know God because they think they're not good enough. Or choose not to know God because, well, you know, I've done so much in my past. I just, I just can't, you know, all these things. So... That's what we see from this parable, too. We see, you know, this division between the Jews and the Gentiles and all. But it's also opening us up to application of, well, what's heaven really about here? You know, what's the point? You know, who gets to go? And it's saying you don't have to be perfect. You have to have a relationship with God. And a relationship with God is an ever-flowing, you know, type of thing. So often it's out here, but in verse 11, but when the king came in to look at the guests, he saw... There was a man who had no wedding garment, and he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? And he was speechless. And the king said to his attendants, Bind him hand and foot and cast him into outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. And so the Jesus kind of ends this parable by pointing out that if we're not properly prepared for this moment uh, where we're going into heaven with Jesus, then we're going to miss it. And 
he uses it with this man who's not dressed accordingly and how he was treated because of it. And when he was thrown out, it even says that he was speechless. He didn't even have an excuse for the way he was dressed. And, you know, we don't come in our own clothes. You know, when we're baptized, we have, we're clothed with Jesus. We have clean uh, clothes that represents righteousness. And, you know, and that's what we receive when we're baptized. And that, that's literally what happens to our, every person who puts their faith in Jesus because none of it's our own. We are, we are all wearing dirty clothes, like the ragtag group of people that were outside the city. And once we are baptized and we put our faith and live the way Jesus is, then we are clean. We are clothed with clean clothes. And, you know, if we try to show up to the wedding feast, if we keep saying it, say, without Jesus, then we're not going to stand a chance. You know, we're going to immediately be kicked out into what represents here is eternal punishment because... We're not placing our faith in Jesus. We're not wearing that clean clothes. And there's so many, you know, verse 14, that this gets a bad rap because so many people, they they read verse 14 and they're immediately turned off. Well, many are called, but few are chosen. Well, that means that that even if I'm called, that I may not get chosen. Mm-hmm. Well, not necessarily, but exactly what Jackson is saying here. The, the, the garment that we have to put on, the, the opportunity for us to even get into heaven lies with us becoming a baptized Christian. You know, there, there's no, nothing else that can get us into heaven besides being immersed in water and being a baptized New Testament Christian. That's how you get the wedding garment. Mm-hmm. You know, so don't, don't misunderstand this and, and only see the wrath of God because that's just the unfortunate black and white truth. Mm-hmm. Order to get into heaven or have a chance to get into heaven You've got to be a baptized believer. You know, there, there is no prayer to pray or there is there nothing you can invite God into your heart in order to be in heaven one day. You have to be a baptized believer of Jesus Christ. Plain and simple. So there's no, there, there's, that's not really open to interpretation there yeah. because that's just the way it is. So I'm going to let you keep going. I'll let you read. Okay, all right. Picking up in 15, then the Pharisees went and plotted how to entangle him in his words. Then, and they sent their disciples to him among with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God truthfully, and you do not care about anyone's opinion, for you are not swayed by appearances. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus, aware of the malice, said, Why put me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. And Jesus said to them, Whose likeness and inscription is this? They said, Caesar's. Then he said to them, Therefore render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. Uh, When they heard it, they marveled and left him and went away. And so, following the first encounter, Matthew now moves to a second encounter where Jesus is facing the Pharisees and the Herodians. And remember, the Herodians are similar to the Pharisees in interpreting scripture on the more conservative side, but they differ because they support the Romans and King Herod. But they agree on opposing Jesus. And so here they almost kind of perfect the trap. And they ask a yes or no question, and either way, Jesus is going to get in trouble. Uh, one will get Jesus in trouble with Jewish authorities and his followers, and the other will probably get him in trouble with the Romans. And so they asked Jesus if a Jew should pay the poll tax or the tribute tax, whatever they can call it, 
to Caesar. And this payment was considered a personal tribute, and the Jews fiercely opposed it. They, I mean, it started wars, and, you know, they they saw the Roman coin, which was the denarius, or whatever they talked about, as worthless, because anything that had the stamp or someone's face on it, they saw as a form of idolatry. So if Jesus opposed paying this tax, it would offend the Herodians, and on the other hand, it, if Jesus advocated paying for the tax, it would upset the Pharisees. So one way or the other, this question kind of seemed destined for Jesus to fail. But in the last part of it, 18 through 22, Jesus calls them out on their flattery, how they call them, how he's truthful and doesn't care about anyone else's opinion and turns it to malice. And he kind of turns the tables asking for a denarius. And so this coin was stamped with Caesar and the Pharisees, like I said, viewed it as a personal image of an idol. And so just holding a denarius was almost considered idolatry. For the Pharisees, this money is useless. Uh, it was not used in currency in the temple or anything. And so Jesus says, give Caesar what is Caesar's because it, is our, it already belongs to him. It meant nothing to them. They're just returning something. And that currency was only dealed with the Romans. And so in other words, when we give worthless things, it's not a form of worship. We, you know, it's like putting, it's like for us at church, putting Monopoly money in the collection plate. You know, are you honoring God with that gift? No, because that money has absolutely no value to us or to anyone unless you're playing Monopoly. You know, be, you know, how can it be? Because this gift costs you nothing, so it wasn't a tribute. So Jesus kind of sidesteps this and just eliminates the conflict at all. You know, paying tax with money that held no value to them was not a tribute and was not idolatry. And so... At the same time, he kind of just like settled the argument that the Herodians are happy because he's told the Jews to go ahead and pay the tax, and the Jews are like, oh, okay, it's not idolatry. I'm okay with that. Well, and one thing, too, that, that I want, money in the church is just a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. And, again, there's a lot of people that, that misunderstand why we give money to the church. And and one thing too, nowhere are we commanded to give a, a certain percentage of our income. Anywhere. You know, give give what you can give with a happy heart. And what he's saying here about giving things that are worthless work worth worthless, sorry about that, to God means nothing. Yeah. And so what we're talking about here, you know, say that that I'm struggling or whatever and over the course of my christian life over a year in worship maybe i can only give 30 bucks yeah. the whole year all right what if jackson gives thirty thousand? is he going to get a better seat in heaven than me no okay the, the main reason why we give is yeah we, we've got to pay bills i mean we got to have we have a place to worship we we want to be able to help people i mean there's a reason for that but it's realizing that the blessings that we have come from God, giving back to God what he has blessed us with. You know, we don't need to give God our leftovers. We don't need to give God all these things. We, we give God worthy things, okay, not worthless things, because God gave everything to us. And so we need to be willing to say, and I'm not, I'm not talking about money anymore. I'm talking about everything. Mm -hmm. He gave his life for us. So 
why are we going to give him the unimportant leftovers? We, we've got to be able to understand that he deserves everything that we have. He deserves everything worthy. Every good and perfect thing comes from Christ. I believe that. So everything that we have comes from him. So be grateful. And that's just, that to me, that's what the contribution is about. Is giving back to Christ what belongs to Christ. Not unworthy things. So I just wanted to, to, to clarify that up a little bit. Go ahead. Oh, that's it. Do you want to keep going? Yeah, let's keep going. Uh, I'll pick up in verse 23. The same day, Sadducees came to him who say, There's no resurrection. And they asked him a question, saying, Teacher, Moses said, If a man dies having no children, his brother must marry the widow and raise up offspring from his brother. Now, there were seven brothers among us. The first married and died, having no offspring, led his wife to his brother. So two, the second, and third, down to the seventh. After them all, the woman died. In the resurrection, therefore, of the seven, whose wife will she, she be? For they all had her. But Jesus answered them, You are wrong, because you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. For the resurrection, uh, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. And as for the resurrection of the dead, have you not read what was said to you by uh, God? I am God? I am the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, he is not God of the dead, but of the living. And when the crowd heard it, they were astonished at his teachings. I think we should stop here for today. I mean, when we get done with this. I agree, today. Yeah. But there's just a lot of this that's in this chapter that's not really up for interpretation. But one thing I will say here, <clears throat> what's happening is people are backing Jesus into a corner and asking him questions that are bound and determined to get them confused about something. Okay, and what I'll say, and Jackson is welcome to get into the history of this, um, but as, as modern day Christians, I want to share this advice with you. I mean, you had talked about this before, not on the podcast, but, you know, we're not going to understand God. Yeah. There are things that go on that I don't understand. Why the kids get sick, I couldn't tell you. Okay, why do we lose loved ones? Don't know. Why do bad things happen to good people? Couldn't tell you. Okay, well, there's just... There are things about Christ that that we're not going to understand until one day we get to ask Him. I've got a list of questions. I want to know about some stuff, you know? But don't be so dumbfounded and stuck on these things. There's enough information in the Bible that paints us a pretty clear picture of who we're supposed to be following and whose word that we're supposed to be following to where we have enough clarity that we don't need to ask all questions. But when we can, that, that's where different denominations and different things come about because I have an opinion and I say, well, well, I think we should do this because we, we, we've just, we've gotten off the beaten path and now we're all confused. Yeah. You know, we're not going to understand the omnipresence of Christ. I'm sorry. Yeah. The day that, that I'm going to understand it is the day that I get to talk to him. Then I'll get it. Yeah. But right now we're not supposed to get it. And we've got to stop convincing ourselves that we deserve to know everything. We don't. Yeah. We have enough information to understand Christ to a point. Mm -hmm. But one day... We will understand the omnipresence. We'll get it. But right now, 
don't don't because that's where everybody just gets confused. And I think we've talked about this before that we all back ourselves in the corner sometimes. And when you really think about it, it's like why? I don't need to know that right now. You know why? Why are they asking him these questions? Because they're trying to test him. Yeah. Don't test Jesus. Don't ask questions that you don't need to know the answer to. Right. Because they don't affect our Christian life. That's all I was going to say. Yeah. Well, this. You know, Jesus won round two, and now it's time for round three, and the topic is resurrection, which next, kind of, me and Dylan are going to take a break after Matthew, and we're going to, like, tackle some some controversial topics, if you would say, or, or just things that, you know, we might could enlighten someone on, and one of those is, I guess Dylan's hearing about this now, is the resurrection, because there's many people who think the resurrection is going to be here it's not going to be in heaven, or heaven's going to be brought down here. I think we can make a whole podcast thing of trying to clear some of that up. But the Sadducees are having the same problem right here. They they relied on the first five books of the Old Testament, which did not believe in the resurrection. That comes later in the Old Testament books. So they just ask him questions, like we said, to trap Jesus and to make themselves you know, think they've beat him. And so the whole, you know, purpose for this law that was created in Deuteronomy uh, was just to carry on a family name. And they were marking the idea that people, like I said, the Sadducees think they're just when they resurrect. They don't believe in the resurrection, but they're saying if people resurrect, they're resurrecting to here. You know, he's saying that they're mocking the idea that when they return to those physical bodies, they're just picking up life right where they left off. And so now they're saying that, oh, he, this woman's married all these people. Who is going to be her husband? And so he deals with this question by showing how they're misunderstanding Scripture. The, you know, these guys are assuming way too much what heaven's going to be like and then are assuming way too little about the power of God. They, they, kind of, they assumed our present world here was a pattern for the next life. You know, they, Jesus is saying we're not going to be worried about our marriages because we're going to be made like angels who are devoted to God. You know, we're not going to worry about who we're married to. Uh, and the woman and all these and all these men in this scenario will simply just be brothers and sisters in Christ. They're not going to be, you know, wife and husband. And their second mistake was they just didn't understand the power of God. You know, when the Bible says, you know, like J- Dylan just got done saying, when the Bible says something is going to happen, you can believe it's going to happen, like the resurrection, but don't confuse yourself don't make yourself wander away by keep asking questions and more importantly don't underestimate what god can do god wrote the laws of the universe he can change them whenever he wants but stick to the bible and what it says and you'll be all right and it's not up for interpretation yeah i mean the bible is point blank what is goes Mm -hmm. now what what you have to understand is we get it confused with that for interpretation. You have to understand the audience, yeah. who it's written to, all these things. Okay? But it's not up for interpretation as far as, well, what if he meant this? Make sure you're understanding that it's written to a certain time and a certain place. Some passages are, and some passages are from Jesus' mouth. Mm-hmm. Okay? But just understand that, that the Bible's not up for interpretation when it comes to, you know, salvation. Mm-hmm. Now, there are some things you can interpret as far as what they meant to this person and all these things, but that's what's going to keep us out of trouble, is when we realize that the buck stops here. This is what's right. This is what's not. 
And it's not a, well, I think we can, doesn't matter. Jesus spoke. The God-breathed, inspired word of God spoke. So you speak where it speaks, and you're silent where it's silent. And that's it. There's no sense in backing into corners and trying to, to, to figure out. We're not meant to know. We're not meant to know. But we have enough to 100% without a doubt know who we should be following and what we should be doing. Yeah. So Needless to say, we don't want to like you know, dwindle out any imaginative streak. Right. It's always good to be curious and continue right. studying. That's a perfect opportunity to grow. But there's a point where you take it to, and then, like you said, there might be no clear answer because we're not meant to know. Right. And that's where it ends. Exactly. So, yeah. not a whole lot of stuff to cover this week, but hey, episode 36 is in the books. Hope 36. It is. I I'm sure. You know it. So, have a great week. We love you. Sorry we're a little bland this week, but it's just January. It's January. Full so, year. Just January. So, is it how long have we been doing this? A year? No, it's not been a year. The year anniversary. January. I'll look it up. Not yet. What no. if we've already met past it? No, we've not. <laughs> so, anyway, we're not going to ramble anymore. Have a great week. We love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. Dang it, I didn't leave you. No, we'll change that. Intro music.